Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Jim Rohn. Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Build the Life You Want podcast, where we define our dreams and goals, create routines, and take accountability for the actions taken to ultimately live the life that we want to live. Today, we're talking about health, which is one of the most cherished gifts of all, right? And the book is called Younger Next Year, A Guide to Living Like 50 Until You're 80 and Beyond, written by Chris Crowley and Henry S. Lodge, MD. Um, Health is one of the best gifts you could give yourself. And uh, sometimes there are other factors that involve that, but you should be doing everything you can to make sure you've got good health. Before we jump into the book, I want to Thank everybody who has helped us out here by giving reviews and sharing this content. We're starting to see a real surge in the downloads here, and and that, of course, means more people are hearing the good word here. (laughs) So please, if you have not yet taken action, uh, go leave us a review, share the content, subscribe to the show. Those things, of course, appeal to the podcast gods, and we will uh, have a bit more clout here. So... Uh, Let's jump into it. Hello, my friends. Younger Next Year. Such a fun book. So it was written by by two people, Chris Crowley and Henry S. Lodge. Now, Henry is a a doctor, an MD. And so they each kind of take different sections and kind of give their perspective. Now, um, Chris was a patient of Henry and kind of found all this new information and lifestyle change as you know, from being his patient, because Henry was um, kind of tired of this, like just maintaining illnesses. He wanted lifestyle change that improved life quality and longevity and all these things. And so he started teaching his patients these things in his book and has has done wonders for people. Now, in reality, it's very simple, but he goes into a lot of like medical uh, you know, terminology and, and biology and things to explain like why these things are so important to your body and your health and your longevity. And the nurse in me ate it up. I was, I had a great time reading, especially, um, Dr. Lodge's sections, but, uh, it kind of gives you the, you know, two perspectives, the healthcare worker and the, the patient. So, uh, I think a lot of people will relate to one or the other or both. So Younger Next Year, fabulous book. Let me read a few few sections as they say. So uh, Dr. Lodge says that you've got to basically have have three things. You've got to exercise, you've got to be connected to others, and you have to have something to care about and get involved with. Uh, It doesn't sound, apparently it doesn't have to matter that much like to the, you know, the world's well-being, what you're engaged in, but you got to have something that gets you up every day and excited and gets your brain thinking and involved with, you know, the community or, or service or whatever it is. 
It is simply a fact that the average American who hits 50 or 60 in reasonable health is likely to live well into his or her 80s. So obviously there's a bunch of factors that bring down like average life expectancy, right? Like car crashes, random illnesses, I mean, just accidents of every kind, right? That decrease the life expectancy. And then the biggest problem is our lifestyles, right? Like in here in America, especially it's like, uh, once we retire, I mean, even at work, a lot of our jobs now are like sitting at desks, which, uh, is a really bad for your body <laughs> and longevity. And then we retire and do more sitting around and eating and whatever. Right. So it's like, these are, these are tough. So if you don't do some of those things, you should be able to live a really healthy life into your seventies or eighties or even nineties. And he talks about, you know, people like skiing and, and things into their eighties. So not just a, a healthy life as in you get up out of bed every day and you don't, you know, um, you don't need assistance walking around your house. He's talking about people like hiking and skiing and running and things like in their 70s, 80s, sometimes 90s. So exercise, nutrition, and commitment. The biggest one and the biggest change for most people is exercise. It is the secret to great health. You should exercise hard almost every day of your life, say six days a week, and do strength training, lift weights, two of those six days. Exercise is the great key to aging. Um, this is where it gets exciting for me is, as he starts digging into why this is critical. So decay is optional. He says, there's a critical distinction between aging and decay uh, that you need to keep in mind from here on in. Aging is inevitable, but it's biologically programmed to be a slow process. Most of what we call aging and most of what we dread about getting older is actually decay. That's critically important because we are stuck with real aging, but decay is optional. Decay happens. We're going to get into that, but basically um, your your body has all these balancing hormones and mechanisms to keep everything in homeostasis, right? So like everything's happy. You get a little bit too much sodium. All these mechanisms go into action and you get rid of a little sodium so that your blood balance is, is, is good in your heart. <clears throat> you know, your sodium potassium pumps have the right amount of sodium versus potassium, etc. right? Homeostasis. You want to stay correct. So when it comes to aging, there's some specific cytokines he talks about, but in fact, all chronic stress works the same. So he's talking about stress on the body, right? A lot of this book, he goes through like, we evolved over billions or millions of years, right? And, and, uh, Everything sort of built upon each other, right? Like from little microbes that developed new things. And here we are as humans. Um, and basically that each new mechanism helped us, helped us survive a, a certain state of being, right? But it happens slowly. So the fact that we now live in an information age where you can make money from your bedroom, your body is not meant for that. It didn't adapt to that over, it's not going to adapt to that overnight, right? So like, we are programmed to live, as he says, in the savanna desert, right? Where like the seasons are extreme and it's like feast or famine kind of conditions. And the people that lived in that area um, would walk or run somewhere around 10 miles a day with little bursts of intense energy, right? Like sprints and lifting and dragging and whatever. So your body needs that. And it thinks that's the, that's the communication system of your body. 
So stress also plays an important role. In fact, all chronic stress works the same way. Chronic stress, whether physical or mental, tells your body that the environment has changed for the worse and that you're in for a a long-haul survival challenge. Low-grade depression combined with physical decay is your body's preferred state of health for this situation. The thing is, the signals for this particular state of health are pretty much the lifestyle of the standard American retirement. Being sedentary, sedentary, withdrawing from social contact, and eating everything you can get your hands on. These are the primary signals of famine or winter, and your body will respond. With the unerring certainty born of billions of years of survival, it will respond to your behavior. Being sedentary is the most important signal for decay. So if you want to prevent decay, you have to do the opposite, right? You've got to trigger, um, he'll explain it later, you have to trigger C6, and that's what causes building and growth. The good news is that the decay signal, though constant, is weak. If you don't send any signal to grow, decay will win, but even a modest signal to grow, a decent workout, even a good stiff walk will drown out the noise. Thing is, you need to do something every day to tell your body it's springtime. Keep in mind that decay is not biological aging. Decay is the dry rot caused by our modern sedentary life. Decay is optional, remember that, and it's what you do that changes it. Um, kind of talks about how every cell in your body is replaced within a certain amount of time, right? Bones, maybe a couple years, like your blood cells are replaced every three months, um, your muscle fibers, everything, right? So um, there's good reason for these things because you're always breaking down the, every cell in your body and then rebuilding it. It does a couple things, prevents illnesses and cancers and things like that, because any cell that's been around for a while is going to get destroyed and then a new one comes in. Sometimes that that doesn't work out and that's where we get like cancer, right? Uh, But most of the illnesses, the majority, um, can be prevented with a good lifestyle. Now, that's obviously debatable for a lot of people on what's the correct lifestyle. And I'm not even going to get into that. But basically, he gives you a good blueprint in this book, what's a good lifestyle. Like, cut out the junk food, eat less of everything. If you're going to eat meat, eat fish, <laughs> um, lots of fruits and vegetables, all you can handle are fruit and vegetables. Cut out, like, the the white flowers and really, really, you know, the refined flour and stuff. Tons of fiber, right? So it's... Pretty basic. I mean, most people agree with those things. So the trick, of course, is to grow more than you throw out. And this is where exercise comes in. It turns out that your muscles control the chemistry of growth throughout your whole body. The nerve impulse to contact a muscle also sends a tiny signal to build it up, creating a moment-to-moment chemical balance between growth and decay within the muscle. Those two same signals are then sent to the rest of your body. If enough of the growth signals are sent at once, they overwhelm the signal to atrophy and your body turns on the machinery to build up the muscle. Heart, capillaries, tendons, bones, joints, coordination, and so on. So exercise is the master signaler, the agent that sets hundreds of chemical cascades in motion each time you get on that treadmill and start to sweat. It's what sets off the cycle of strengthening and repair within the muscles and joints. It's the foundation of positive brain chemistry, at least directly to the younger life we, we are promising. With its heightened immune system, its better sleep, its weight loss, insulin regulation, fat burning, its improved sexuality, its dramatic resistance to heart attacks, stroke, hypertension, Alzheimer's, disease, arthritis, diabetes, high cholesterol, depression, yada, yada, yada. Exercise is like the key. That's the ticket. 
Um, they, they address in this book that obviously not everyone is an athlete or sees themselves as a, a fit person or someone that's going to go to the gym every day, but you have to get involved with something like, okay, you're not an athlete, but do you like to spend time outdoors? Like make it a habit to, to hike every morning or, um, play tennis or, um, ride a bike or do, do something like, don't just go pound it out on a treadmill every day. Like do things that are enjoyable to you. Like I know Richard Branson, uh, plays tennis and kiteboards almost every day. So like find, find what's, what's fun to you. That's physically active that will cause your body to trigger the C10, which is, you know, uh, enough physical exertion to, to basically sweat for a while. Right. Cytokine six or C6 for short is the master chemical for inflammation, quote unquote decay. And cytokine 10 or C10 is the master chemical for repair and growth. C6 is produced in both the muscle cells and the bloodstream in response to exercise. And C10 is produced to respond in response to C6. This is your body's brilliant mechanism for coupling decay and growth. C6 actually triggers the production of C10. Decay triggers growth. However, C6 is always at play. That's the tide he talks about in this book that's always coming. So whether you're sleeping, you're awake, you're, whatever you're doing, there's a, a you know, dull tide of, of C6, decay, 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 decay. If you exercise or exert enough you know, energy and, and um, push your muscles and, and burn enough calories and things, then the C6 increase increases and then triggers C10, which is like, okay, now that we've destroyed all this stuff, we got to come build it back up better and stronger. So that's, that's the whole thing. Like that's one of the major bases of this book that he talks about throughout the whole, throughout the whole thing is that you've got to constantly day in and day out trigger C10. Okay. The build and grow at rest. Only 20% of your blood f- flow moves through your muscles in a trained athlete that rises with exercise to 80%. Like that's where you get all the renewing energy and, and growth um, building blocks. So you want to, you want to increase this and, and trigger the C10 and help it get to where it needs to go. Play the music. When we are sedentary, the devil does indeed find work for idle muscles. There is a steady slow drip of inflammation, but not enough to turn on C10. That explosion of growth comes only with the surge of C6 you get with exercise. Another depressing point, you secrete more background C6 as you age, no matter what you do. Dust in the grooves. Sad but true, the tide sets against you. Chronic emotional stress also produces a trickle of background C6. Loneliness, boredom, apathy, all those things, right? When you exercise, you get a high enough level of C6 to trigger C10. You get to play the music of growth. It's not hard. You just need to become a daily C10 guy (laughs) or girl. Exercise every day at least enough to sweat and you'll be fit guaranteed. So it's like... It's cool. Like it, it sort of gives you like the insight of like, we're not trying to be trained athletes here. We're just trying to, to stay well, right? Like if you're not into exercise for exercise sake or for sports sake or whatever, um, it doesn't matter. That's not the goal anyway. The goal is to be well, to be healthy throughout your life and enjoy the, the last third of your life with, with a, 
high quality of life. I've talked to you guys so many times before, like I'm a nurse. I go into these nursing homes and things and uh, the quality of life for so many of them, the people in there is, is really poor. And a lot of them are not that old, like, like, you know, 50s, 60s, early 70s. And their quality of life has been junk for years. Um, some of them, it's unfortunate accidents or whatever, but like some of them, it, it's lifestyle and it's just been a bad lifestyle for a long time. And now their lifestyle just got worse. Right. And it's just like, you can avoid that. Like they'll live in a, some, you know, I know people that have been in these facilities for decades and basically they go from their bedroom to their wheelchair, to the dining room, to their bedroom. And like, that is not how I want to live the last third of my life. Um, and I don't think you do either. So become a C10 person, right? Think of it that way. Research, researchers gave 10,000 men two stress tests five years apart. At the end of the study, the fittest men had a third the mortality of the least fit. And even more encouraging, those who had been sedentary at the first stress test but fit by the second, those who had turned their lives around in those five years, cut their mortality rate in half. For every additional, let's see, cut your risk of dying by half. It's hard to argue with that. Even more encouraging, the benefit with was on a continuum. So getting into better and better shape cut mortality more and more. For every additional minute the guys could go on the stress test, there was an 8% reduction in mortality. Huge benefits. When you walk, your body pr predominantly recruits endurance units and rotates through them, so each one gets a rest period between steps, which means that each unit gets only a fraction of exercise you think you're giving it. Certainly not enough stress to generate the power of regeneration of C10. As you start to run, your body uses more endurance units with each step. Each unit may be used every third step now, and that's enough stress to trigger high levels of C6 and then C10. If you're running up a hill hard enough to go beyond the capacity of your endurance units, your body adds in strength units. The longer you run, the less rest time the endurance units get. The more strength you demand, the less rest the strength units get. At some point, you will push them beyond the recovery cycles. They will fatigue, and the fatigue will damage them. Taking them to fatigue is what turns on the surge of C6, the good stress of exercise that turns on C10. By the way, this is why you have to sweat when you do aerobic exercise. At low levels of demand, your endurance cells alternate too much to get fatigued. This is also why you have to push to the point of muscle fatigue with weights, to that burning feeling in your muscles that most of us hate and would skip it if it was. So done right, you will drain them of all their energy and then force them to contract a few more times. That's the critical part. That's how you intentionally damage your muscle cells. And that's what you want. Like you want to damage your muscle cells and cause regrowth. Stronger, better, more. He says you can double the amount of mitochondria in your muscles with, you know, an, over an extended period of time of exercising daily. Mitochondria is what helps you use that oxygen for your muscles. And so basically it, it, it's, uh, if you can think of that, like that's the way you get more energy for your day. Like, you can do more things longer with more joy on less sleep because you can process and use that oxygen more efficiently and effectively. Um, this is why you shouldn't do strength training six days a week. If you've, if you've done it right, you've done some real damage. Unlike endurance units, which recover from aerobic exercise overnight, your strength units need to enter a 48-hour re repair cycle. Two days a week of strength training is enough. Three days is the maximum. He says endurance or aerobic training is what makes 
you live long and healthy, strength training is what it makes it worth living, right? So that like you have, because that's, that's where like coordination comes from strength and being able to, you know, carve down a hill in your old age on skis or, you know, move the furniture and do the things you want to do. Uh, if you trip, catch yourself because you have that strength in your leg and all, right. So, um, that's where coordination and, and things come from, but it's the endurance that will give you the longevity and healthy life. I thought this was hilarious. This whole book has one core message, either you grow or you decay. And sure enough, that's the essence of biology of nutrition as well. Put simply, the chemistry behind obesity involves decay. Shutting down every system you possibly can so that you can survive winter, drought, or famine. The fact that there is enough to eat today or even vast excess doesn't change this. If you are sedentary, your body reads the bacon cheeseburger as the carcass of the animal that starved to death just before you. Your last gasp chance to gorge. And here's an interesting thing. This biological response is turned on by our old friend C6 and turned off by the C10 of exercise. Scientists have known this for only a few years, but it makes perfect sense. C6 and C10 are, after all, the fundamental messages of growth and decay. So decay is optional. That's the last thing I'll read, even though there's a million highlighted pieces in this book because I loved it. Younger next year. So... Uh, a good motivation for anyone to start exercising every day. So as we approach the new year and everyone makes this goal to go to the gym every day, right? And then by the end of January, the gym is empty. Think of it in a new light. Like think of it with, with new perspective. Like you are, all, your goal is to trigger C10 every day. So that as you get older and older and older and this, you know, the last third of your life, you'll maintain such good health and quality of life um, and that you can do whatever it is you want to do. Um, I know people like this who have lived, you know, in their 80s and skied every year. You know, I, I live in Utah, so I, I witness the skiers and snowboarders and things and it's possible it happens, but. You cannot fall into the trap of a sedentary life, which is supposedly glorious because it's not. I see that side of it far too often. So anyway, go get the book, Younger Next Year. I'll put a link below so you can purchase from Amazon if you would like. I always get a small commission from that at no extra charge, so I appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel if you want more book reviews. Please follow us. Anyway, thanks for watching, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.